Good morning, grace and peace be with you on this chilly but Sunday, sunny Sunday. <laughs> From fishing fleets and busy harbors, God gathers simple sailors. Through persecution and injustice, God calls brave prophets. When we least expect it, Christ gathers us in and calls us to follow him. Let us gather and answer Christ's call. Please join me in the call to worship. Called by God, we have come to worship. Called by the Spirit, we have come to rejoice. Please pray with me. Holy God, we gather to sing your praise and hear your word. Speak to us now that we may be wise enough to perceive your call. Strengthen us now that we may be brave enough to answer when you call. Guide us now so that we may follow where you would have us go. In your name we pray. Amen. He called his disciples back then, and he's still calling us now. I invite you to stand as we sing our first hymn, Jesus Calls Us Over the Tumult. now to our time of sharing, our time of being generous with what God has shared with us. This morning has become our mission moment is about the Super Bowl. And I know some of you are thinking, not football again. That would be three weeks in a row. <laughs> but we are talking about actually giving money and or goods to the Pendleton Food Pantry so that folks who are having a time of need will have enough to eat. And so as the Spirit moves in you, we ask you to give generously. Darkness bright 
hear your call still across all time and space. As you call to us today, Lord, you call us to give all of who we are. Please accept this gift. Please accept this gesture of love as it goes to the honor and the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Let's take our seats. Come now to our time of praying together, time where our hearts are open and we go to God as God's people. I'm sure we all have things on our hearts today that weigh us down, but let us also be mindful of the things that God has done that bring us joy, those things that also hold us up, give us strength, and put a smile on our face, because even in the midst of our trials, God is good. So let's pray together. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift that is this morning. 
that your people can come together and praise your name, that we can lift our voices in safety, that we have one another to turn to, that we can encourage, hold one another up, and help each other during times of trial. Lord, we thank you for your presence and your spirit that moves so gently yet powerfully among us, that keeps us moving forward. And Lord, even as we have come so far on the way, you continue to call us. You continue to call to us to say, follow. When the path seems as though it is moving in one direction, we can still hear your voice saying, follow me. So Lord, we thank you for the ways in which you lead, for the ways in which you continue to bring us along where you would have us go, how you equip us to do what you would have us do. And we continue to lift your name in the midst of a world crying out for which that which only you can give. So Lord, for those whom we know are struggling today, struggling in any way, whether it be a need for healing because they are facing illness or injury, whether it be a need for comfort because their hearts are broken or they are grieving, whether it be a physical need or a financial need, we turn to you who is our great provider of all things. And Lord, for those who need guidance and wisdom, help them to hear that voice that speaks so gently, yet continues to call, follow me, because in following you, we will find the direction and the guidance we need. So, Lord, for all that we are aware and those things that we hold silent, Lord, please be with us. We know that you already know all things, but we come to you. We come to you that we might understand how you are working. We come to you so that we might see your hand at work. But most importantly, Lord, we come to seek your heart to seek your face, to be in that intimate closeness with you that moves away all the stresses, strains, and questions of the world. Help us to know true peace, true joy, true hope that goes beyond all understanding that the world promises because we know in you is all we need. We lift this prayer this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior, the one who makes all things possible, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Good morning. This morning's reading is taken from two different books, the first being Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. The second reading is taken from the book of Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. 
He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. This is the word of our Lord. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars at night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I say?
So last week, we looked at Jesus being rejected by his own village of Nazareth, after which he exclaims that no prophet is accepted in his hometown. It's from that story of last week that we heard the scripture today. So how do we react when we hear that call of God? I feel like God's been whispering something in my ear recently, and I felt this confirmed when I read the scripture and listened to that hymn, Here I Am, Lord. The refrain says, Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord. If you lead me, I will hold your people in my heart. Do we listen for God's call in our lives? And if we hear it, are we ignoring it? Today, I pray that we will both listen and respond to God's call. Sometimes he speaks loudly, and there's no mistaking that he's calling us. And other times, he speaks in silence, and we have to block out the rest of the world so that we can listen and we can hear his voice. It's difficult to turn our lives completely over to God's will and submit our hearts and our minds to him. But it's in that submission that we find purpose, contentment, and joy. So today, I pray that each of us will answer God's call by saying, here I am, Lord. I think that when many of us receive the call of God, our reaction is one of resistance, fear, uncertainty, or unworthiness. It's normal when called by God to struggle with accepting that call. It's not an easy thing to do. But it, did it ever occur to you that nothing, nothing about us surprised or surprises God. When he calls us, he knew who you were. Even now, he knows us far more intimately than we know ourselves. He knew your past and everything wrapped up in it, but he still calls us. It doesn't matter if you've done unspeakable acts. That would never stop him from opening his arms wide and embracing you. In other words, he pursued each one of us He called us for our strengths and our shortcomings. When we read through the scriptures, we see people wrestling with their call before they take up that challenge. And many of those called are usually living out their regular life's routine. God comes in and interrupts their life. And because of this interruption, it takes people a time to make sense of what's being asked of them was said that Abraham was too old, Noah was a drunk, Isaac was a daydreamer, Rahab was a prostitute, David had an affair and was a murderer, Peter denied Christ, and there are so many others that we could name. Take a walk through the Bible. Despite their shortcomings and their failures, God used each one of them. God doesn't ask us to clean up ourselves before he can use us. He asks us to come to him just as we are and allow him to work out his purpose in our lives. Where we see failures, God sees successes. Where we see obstacles, God sees opportunities. Why should God use imperfect people? Because it's through those imperfections of ourselves and our lives that his light shines through out into the world. We don't have to worry that we're not qualified for what God has called us to do. God qualifies those for who he calls. It's our response and our responsibility to simply answer, yes, Lord. And like Isaiah in our reading today, we need to make ourselves available for whatever he's commissioned for us to do. In the reading, the calling of Isaiah is dramatic. Isaiah appears to have been living a regular life until that day of his calling after the king of Dathuziah. God calls Isaiah to be his servant and his messenger to the people, and Isaiah responds with both hesitation and doubt, but also with a humble willingness to surrender to God and putting it in God's hands, because if it was going to work, it needed to be God's power and grace to make it happen. 
in the face of such an overwhelming vision in the presence of God, Isaiah is overcome with a sense of unworthiness. He says, woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah can't believe that he's actually seeing God. And one of the seraphs takes a coal from the altar with a pair of tongs and touches it to Isaiah's lips. This should burn. But in this vision, the fire isn't destructive. It's purifying. The seraph says, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And Isaiah hears God's voice asking, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And purified and forgiven, Isaiah answers, here I am, send me. What we learn from this calling is that Isaiah had to wrestle with the divine before he obeyed his call. And I know when we sing the hymn, Here I Am, Lord, it makes it sound so easy to say, Here I am, Lord, send me. But saying yes to God's call is never easy. In the verses that come after the passage today, God accepts Isaiah's offer of service and sets Isaiah as a messenger to the people of the kingdom of Judah. Isaiah has to warn the people to change their ways. And God tells Isaiah up front, everyone is going to reject your message. Isaiah goes into this knowing that he will be almost entirely unable to get the people to listen to him. But God says a small number, a stump, a remnant will remain faithful to God and endure through the hard times ahead. In the Gospel of Luke, we see Jesus' calling of his first disciples. Jesus calls Simon and three other disciples to become fishers of people. Where Isaiah responds to God's call, the fishermen have a little different. So it's good that in Luke's account right, of the first disciples of Jesus, it's slightly different than the Gospel of Mark or Matthew. So Jesus calls Simon and the three other disciples who easily and without resistance suddenly drop everything, leave it, and follow him. In the Gospel of Luke, however, we see a little drama there. Simon and the other men get called after having a difficult night of fishing. They had fished all night and had not caught any fish until Jesus appeared to them and orders them to cast their nets once more time. And Simon, tired and grudgingly, and probably knowing his previous fishing experiences, reluctantly obeys Jesus' command. So let us listen to that part again. When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught so many fish that their nets began to break. Like Isaiah, Simon was taken aback by this happening. This encounter exposes Simon's weakness. And we read, when Simon saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And Jesus says to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. When they received their call, both Simon and Isaiah's first response was to say, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be in God's presence. I'm not worthy to carry out God's work. And I know I have, and I'm sure many of you have found yourself having a similar response. When called on by God or God's messengers to serve in some way. A lot of times when the leadership of the church calls on people to serve in various leadership roles, our first reaction is something like this. There's no way that I'm the best person for that job. I don't know enough. I don't have enough experience. 
My discipleship is just not strong enough. I'm not dedicated enough. No, not me. So what can we learn from these two examples? We learn that when we hear the call of God, it's normal for us to struggle to say yes. So many others of us before us have had similar struggles. Don't feel bad. The call of God often interrupts our routines, and it's so, so easy not to obey that call. But God has a reason to call each and every one of us. The other lesson is that when we're done with our wrestling, there comes a time for us to say yes. God is always there for us to equip us for whatever mission he has. Like Isaiah, whose lips were cleansed for divine proclamations, so too will we get equipped for our call. There's no worry or to be afraid because God has in store all that we need for our journey ahead of us and our wrestling with his call and our saying yes. We know that God is always with us. The great thing is that God doesn't give us a calling and then leaves us to figure it out on our own, right? God walks with us every step of the way. He loves to speak to us and talk to us, and he's constantly saying, here I am. Seek me. It's an amazing and fulfilling thing to live a life in line with God's design and calling for our lives. But it can seem difficult and overwhelming to discover it. So here's my suggestion to you. Pay attention to who God made us to be. What gives you life? What are you good at? What do you love to do? What constant patterns are noticeable in the lives of you? Has clues to your design and your calling. Before he met Christ, the Apostle Paul was an activist and a zealot, an opponent of the church. But when he met Christ, he continued to be an activist and a zealot. But he changed for who he worked. It says he at once began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. He didn't change who he was by design, but he did change who the leader was in his life. Also noticing what you're not good at is valuable information. We all only have so many yeses that we can give. So don't spend them on something that you don't do well. After spending many years paying attention to who God made me to be, I know I shouldn't say yes to handling tons of paperwork or preaching every week because there are people who are much more gifted and my gifts lie in other areas. We each have a unique design, and you may be able to learn by watching someone else, but your calling isn't the same calling as theirs. Don't get caught up in that comparison trap like the Apostle Peter. Right after Jesus says three times to Peter, take care of my sheep, Peter looks over at John, the disciple, and says to Jesus, hey, Lord, what about him? It's as if he's saying, Yeah, I heard what your calling for me is, but before I decide, I'd like to hear about John, compare his callings, and then decide which one I'm going to choose. Jesus replies to Peter in words that are pretty direct and a bit harsh. He says, what is it to us? You must follow me. So I found things that I'm good at, things that make me feel alive, that others notice that I do well. When I'm teaching a group of people or leading a meeting or helping those in need, good things result. And I get the sense that this is what I was made to do. Teaching and leading and serving, these are my spiritual gifts and a large part of who I am and my calling. So any of us who have been going to church for a while have no doubt heard call stories. So I was student teaching and I had everything planned out for my life. The future was unfolding as I expected, but something just didn't feel right. And I had an emptiness. 
And I've always believed that if we were following God's path, that there should be a sense of fulfillment or contentment. And I didn't feel that. The problem was, is that I felt that God had other plans. And after becoming very ill, I finally asked, okay, if I'm not supposed to teach, what then? And God's response was instant, ministry. And I said, no, anything about, anything, anything but that. And I fought it for a long time, and eventually I agreed. Ministry was never on my radar. Though most people don't talk about God speaking these days, that doesn't change the truth that God does speak. God can connect through us through the words of Scripture or in anything that we read or watch. Friends may say the words that God wants us to hear, or we may find surprising insight through others' experiences, the news, or our own prayer or meditation practice. In short, God will and can connect with us in whatever way he can reach us. In rare occasions, it may come so clearly as to be almost audible. It was like that for me. The challenge is to listen and then to respond. A lot of times we don't want to hear what God would say. We've decided on the path our life should take. We've decided how things should happen. We make our plans, and then we ask God to bless them. Without checking to find out if this really is a God-given direction for us. We do this at home, at work, at church committees. How often do we come with our own perspective and our own agenda? And we don't really want to listen or consider another one. We miss God's call in our lives and in the life of the church because we're so busy handling everything, so concerned with controlling every little detail that there's no room for God as spirit to stir things up and reveal the way that things could be only if we let God be involved in the process. When we open ourselves to the working of God as spirit, it won't be business as usual. Each verse of here I am, Lord, ends with the question, whom shall I send? Although rhetorical questions are common in Christian hymns and songs, this isn't one of them. This is God's question. God's question for each of us. How fully do you own those words. Do you whisper or sing out boldly as you begin the refrain, here I am, Lord. You can't know what God might have in store for you. And whether you're eight or you're 80, God does have plans. But you can't know them until you open yourself up and pay attention to whatever that message might be. Finally, remember that God's calling for your life goes way beyond what you do. It's who we are, where we belong, and how we live a life in God, where a God-given call meets the world outside. I think that a life lived working in the gifts that God has given us and a mindful meeting of the needs of others is a life that beautifully reflects who God wants us to be. The world could use more people like that. God's asking a question of all of us today. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? So how many of you are willing to answer, here I am, Lord, send me. Please pray with me. Praise, glory, and honor to you, our Father Jesus, our Savior, our Comforter and Counselor. Thank you for life, love, forgiveness, salvation, and mercy. We stand in awe of who you are and picture Isaiah's vision to get a glimpse into heaven. Thank you for your word and for leaving behind examples of faithful servants like Isaiah to learn from. None of the people in the Bible were perfect. 
yet you chose to work through so many of them in huge and miraculous ways. God, we want to be able to say, here I am, Lord, when you call us. So prepare our hearts with obedience and discipline to seek you in your word and through prayer. Build in us an unshakable faith and diligent understanding of who you are. Grow in us a trust in you and give us a willing spirit. Bless our hearts with strength and the courage to say, here I am as we follow Christ Jesus home to you. In your name we pray. Amen. One of the ways in which we respond to the call of God in our lives, one of the ways in which we say yes to God is to come to God's table as God invites us. So let us open our hearts as we prepare to come to the Lord's table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for the day when justice would roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nation would not lift up sword against nation and neither would they study war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and to reign with you at your right hand. And on the night Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood, sign of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Every time that you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. 
Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we might be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Take of his free gift to itself. So as you are led by the Spirit, we invite you to use the center aisle, come to the front, receive your elements, and then leave by the sides. If you would like prepackaged elements, they are available. Simply ask the servers, they will give it to you. There's a gluten-free station on this side of the sanctuary. Come as the Spirit moves.
There are so many ways to answer a call, and we see a lot of them in this church. If you look at the missions that have just been accomplished in the fall, I believe DJ's leading a group of people after this service to talk about missions and how God might be calling for new and in different ways to reach that need. But all across the nations, you can read stories of how people are listening to God's call and making a difference. So I invite you to stand as we sing our last song, God is on the move. From darkness to light Anytime temptation comes And someone stands to fight Anytime somebody lives to serve And not be served I know, I know, I know, I know Listen for God's word. Answer Christ's call. Go into the deep and love courageously. Rejoice in the harvest of grace. Go into the world knowing that God is with you. Go into the world with the peace of Christ upon you. Go into the world with the blessing of the Holy Spirit. And may the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon and remain with you this day and evermore. Amen.